Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. 1 John chapter 3 is where we're going. 1 John chapter number 3. I love how the Word kind of takes us on its own journey. And uh, as we go on the journey, and, and young people, please notice the words of the text. So you're there in 1 John chapter 5, sorry, chapter 3. And look what it says here. Hereby perceive we the love of God. That This love of God, we perceive it. We are surrounded by it. How do we perceive it? Look what it says here. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for what? Us. The greatest motivator that we should have in us, young person, is not the fear of authority. The greatest motivator in us should not be the fear of consequence. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Why? Because he laid down his life for us. The Bible says, for the love of Christ constraineth me. The greatest motivator you'll ever have in your life to do Live for the Lord is the fact he loved you enough to die on an old rugged cross for you. This whole week has been wrapped up with this one thought. How do you express your faith? How do you get this out? Where's where's the steam that gets you down this track? You know what it is? His love that he had for us Look at it. This is wonderful. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Here's action. And we ought to lay down our lives for the what? Brethren. Just what Christ did for us, we are to turn around and we are to do for the brethren. We are to do for the world. Keep reading. But whoso hath this world's goods... And seeth his brother have need, and shutteth his bowels of compassion from him. How dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in, what is it please? Word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. There needs to be a transformation that takes place from this auditorium and this convention to where we are just not giving lip service to what we've experienced all week. There ought to be a change. And when we walk out of here, that our Christian life now is done indeed. There ought to be foot action to what we do. You've got the power sitting right here in front of you, and you don't even realize you have it. The young people of America change the course of America. And you sitting right here, you have what it takes 
to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll notice the very next verse, it says this. It says in verse number 19, and hereby we, what's the next word please? Know that we are of the truth and shall, what? Assure our hearts before what? Him. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a no-so salvation that you can have, and then there is a closeness with God you can have. We should not be uh, scared, and there should be a confidence that comes from you serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Our, 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 we, we would agree with this. We're, we're getting weaker in our boldness for the Lord the older our teenagers are getting. Can we just be honest? The, the young people start out, they're totally in love with the Lord. They're totally unashamed for the Lord. They can sing with that confidence. One of the best things I think we've ever done here at Emmanuel is we stopped making junior church a babysitting service for the Sunday morning service. And we started turning junior church into children's church. And we started giving our young people an opportunity to use their gifts and talents for the Lord Jesus Christ. When they're young, it's a church service. They take the first 30 minutes and they work with the specials that are going to sing. And they work with the preacher boys that are going to preach. And if somebody can play an instrument and, and then they come back. And while we're in big church, they're in children's church, two of them. And they are getting to use their gifts and talents for the Lord Jesus Christ. And what is happening is, is that their confidence is picking up. It is amazing to me, and I wish I had the time to bring up those specials. We, we had a, a children's takeover night here at Emmanuel one Sunday night, and I am telling you that I think all of us were amazed at just good night. Where did these kids come from? I got done baptizing because I baptized at the beginning of the service, and I'm cutting back through, and, and there were some uh, fourth, fifth, and sixth, fourth and fifth grade girls that were gathered around the piano, and they were singing, and I just kind of stepped in there and started singing with them, and then they kind of looked at me like, Pastor, no, no, we, we don't want to, but you can't sing. You just go, go back to big church. I would just show the video of... of the, the kids from Sunday singing. Young people, listen to me. There ought to be this confidence that comes in your life to where you are unashamed of Jesus Christ and that you just don't love him in word, but you love him in deed. There ought to be this assurance in your life that he loves me, I love him, I want him, he wants me. And there ought to be this love relationship that you're walking in life to where you're holding hands with him. You're, he is your friend. And that's what Brother Rob was trying to get across to us tonight. And that's what Brother Allen was trying to preach and Brother Nichols and Brother Jordan. Here it is, you ready? At the end of the day, it's just you and it's just your Savior. And teenagers, there ought to be a bravado. There ought to be a confidence, not a cockiness not an arrogance, not a pride, but a humble assurance that as I'm serving the Lord, I've got all of God backing me up every time I stand up and do something for the Lord. Gone should be the days 
that where teenagers are retreating to the shadows and sucking their thumbs inside the house of God. Teenagers ought to step up and take over the house of God. They ought to be the determining factor inside God's house. You, you listen to the live stream any, any length of time, and I think all of us would agree, them loudmouth boys standing right down here. Not you, Brother Zapata. <laughs> Brother Zapata's like me. But, 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 but those boys, they, they got this. I'll get up and sing for the Lord. No, I'm not ashamed of the Lord. But the older we get, the more we lose that. Teenager, one reason I love preaching to young people and working with young people it's because if I could put in your hand a tool that could erase being timid. Did y'all hear that? To where when you get out and you start serving the Lord. Every Sunday, Jacob, Jacob Hollifield stands right back there and his daddy stands right there and ushers. Jacob's eighth grade this year. Where you at, Jake? What grade you in? Stand right up here. Look how short that guy is. But he started ushering when he was seven, seventh grade. And he, he wears an usher badge right there. Young people, you listen to me. May he not lose the boldness for the Lord Jesus Christ the older that he gets. But we must agree. We must agree that the older a teenager gets, the harder it is to be that vocal and to be that carefree and to be that out there. Why is that? The same, thank you, Jake, the same reason it is that when you get to college age, you're more reserved. And you get to an adult, you're more reserved. But then you get to an age, you don't care what anybody thinks. You're just going to say amen when you want to say Amen. You're already old, you're already gray, you're already fat, you've already lost your athletic appeal, and you might as well just stand up and say, glory to God, hallelujah, praise Jesus Christ. You know you've reached old when your closet is filled with suits according to the time of the year in your eating pattern. But teenagers, I get it. I get it when you're young and you're dumb and you think to yourself, when I was younger, I used to be that way. You may lose the immaturity, but don't lose the love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Still be a leader spiritually when you get old. Just don't let it stop when you were young and you were in the children's choir and you would do dumb things that people would laugh at and they go, oh, that is so cute. Listen to me. The older you get, you should be the example of the believer. You should be able to lead the church. You should be able to sing the choir specials. You should be able to shout praises to God and listen, express your faith. There is something wonderful when a relationship is assured. Look, look what the verse says right there. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. There's something wonderful about knowing I am standing right where the Bible tells me to stand. And there is something wonderful that tells me that I have been assured before him there, there there's something wonderful nothing between 
My soul and the Savior, not of this world's elusive dreams. There's something wonderful about sitting in this chair and knowing that when I'm sitting here and I'm going to walk up and preach right there, that there's nothing between me and the Savior, that I'm assured before him. And teenagers, we need to stop living a second-grade Christianity to where so woe is me and I don't know how to overcome. May God give us some teenagers that you step up and you take Christianity by the horns and say, I'm no longer sitting on the sideline. I'm going to be assured. I'm going to have confidence what stops you from having that what is it that won't allow a teenager to truly cut loose now i've been with some teenagers on some different activities that when they cut loose where did you people come from How many would agree that if we just turned you loose, if right now we sent you back to that hotel and all your chaperones stayed here for an all-night prayer meeting and they just said to you, y'all behave. How many would agree that the hotel, we would have problems at the hotel? Absolutely. I, I love the piety. Not me, not I. I. I would be the mother of everybody. Yeah, right. Why? Why is there not, and, 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 I, and I'm going to help you. I'm not here to condemn you. But why isn't there that step up, I'll get it done? Why, why isn't there that, well, let's get it done for the Lord? Because if you'll look at the next verse, And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall be assured and shall assure our hearts before him. Look at verse 20. For if our heart do what? Talk to me. For if our heart do what? Do you know the only thing that keeps any young person from stepping up with, 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 with a confidence is your heart. You got this thing sitting off on the sidelines. Would you go to Matthew chapter 15? We're coming back to 1 John, but if you would go to Matthew chapter 15. And young people, please look, look at this. Matthew chapter 15. Jesus is talking here, and he says in verse number 18, but those things which proceed out of the mouth Come forth. Are you there? Matthew 15, 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the what, please? Heart. And they do what? Defile the man. Look what it says here. But those things which proceeded out of the heart cometh forth. Look at verse 19. For out of the heart proceed what, please? Evil thoughts, murderers, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, Blasphemy, look at it. These are the things which defile a man. Listen, go to Psalms chapter 51. Please don't, please don't get lost in the turning of the pages that you're losing the thought from verse to verse. Psalms chapter 51. In Psalms chapter 51, and look what it says. 
In Psalms chapter 51, verse 5, are you there? Psalms 51, 5. Behold, I was shapen in what? Iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. Ladies and gentlemen, the only thing that is not saved on you is your flesh. And your flesh cannot be saved. It can only be changed. But know when you were born, there was a depraved part of you. There was a down-in-there part of you that came with a built-in set of sins and depravities. And here's the only thing it was waiting on for you to grow up. It was just waiting for you to grow up. Because nobody's better than anybody else. Many people think, no, the Lord saved me. I've been in a church and my dad's a deacon, my mama's a pastor. I mean, my dad. (laughs) That's like last night, I think I said, don't touch her till after you get saved. And and we had 15 people dedicate themselves to that. And uh, (laughs) my daddy's a pastor. My, my mama writes his sermons, and I have grown up in church. God did not save you from the bad you didn't do. God didn't come down to your good, take you from there. God went all the way down to what you could do, and that's where he saved you from. Don't think you get cleaned up, come to God, he saves you from there. Oh, no, you know, you, know, you know what? You are just as capable to do what anybody else has done at any given time under the right circumstance. If you're sitting here saying, well, I would never do that. Don't put your flesh above that flesh over there. Better people than you and I have blown it, and better people than you and I are sitting in prison, and better people than you and I have gotten divorced, and better people than you and I have ruined their virginity. You want to know why? Because they don't understand built in here. Then why do we have teenagers that lose this confidence? I call it the rear window syndrome you know what the rear window syndrome is when you were young you could only see the sky when you were young you're driving getting that car you only see the trees you only see the power lines you don't see life but the more you start growing the more you see the world. And as mom and dad are driving to church and driving and they're focused on the traffic, you like see the world. And all of a sudden you see the billboards and you see the people. And then the more that you grow up in the back seat and you stop at the stoplight, the more you can see into other people's cars. And then you're full grown, and now you see life. Do you know what has been happening this whole entire time? Inside of your heart has been this lying dormant, your sin nature. And the devil knows how to destroy you and take you to hell. 
But see, when your mommy and daddy took you to Sunday school and you could only see the heavens, that's when you trusted Christ. And that's when you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And why would I not trust him? This is when you say, well, I'm going to serve him forever, mommy. Mommy, I'll sing that special. Josiah Mendez, is it Josiah? Is it Josiah that's itching to sing? Is that him? He's itching to sing, what a day. Josiah, where you at, buddy? Ready to sing? Come here. How long you been bugging me to sing? Come on, don't do that to me now. How long you been bugging me? Yeah, you do. Come here, how long? A couple weeks? A couple months? How, how long? Months. Oh, he looked at the piano. <laughs> do you need a pianist? There's Miss Amy. What key do you want to sing it in? Are you scared of these people? No? What's he got to be scared of? He's been riding through life in the back seat. The only thing he knows, he gets out of a godly home, goes into a car with godly music, comes into a house of God. This is all he knows. This is all he knows. And that's why right now, that boy ain't no more scared of you. Can you have a hymn? You need a book? Who stops the pastor to ask for a book in the middle of a sermon? Do you know who does that? Somebody riding from the back seat all his life. He ain't scared. He ain't getting me to get up here and sing what a day. 144. Thank you, brother. Here you go. Yeah, I got it. Thank you. Here. Where you want to stand? Go ahead. No more sickness, no pain, no more pain. 
no, no. And, they, and I do not mean this with no disrespect. But 17-year-old young man, if I called you up right now, spur the moment. And please know what I'm about to tell you. I don't think it's a lack of love for God. I think there's no assurance. There's no confidence. The back seat syndrome. That's all that boy knows. Leaves a godly home. Gets in a godly car. His daddy says God's good. Mama says Jesus saves comes to church gets to go to children's church and gets to sing like that in children's church that's all he knows he thinks everybody lives that way but then you start getting older and then mama says take that 10 bucks and run into that store and buy so you go into the store and you're like man life is good and and then people look at you how you're dressed and they 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 look at you and they like are you Amish And you say, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. And they say, no, don't, don't, don't say that. And all of a sudden, you're at the checkout stand. You see something that you shouldn't have seen. And you're starting to experience something you shouldn't have experienced. What is going on? The Bible tells us that we perceive the love of God. He died for us. We ought to be helping other people. We ought not to be just in word. We ought to get there, out there and do it indeed. There is a confidence. But then the book says at the very next verse in 1 John chapter 5, chapter 3, go back there. 1 John chapter 3. Y'all with me okay? 1 John chapter 3. And it says this. For if our heart condemn us. I want you to go to Jeremiah, if you will, and very quickly go over there. And let me say this again, Miss Kelly, if you got a thumb tab Bible, you are a cheater. And uh, how many have a thumb tab Bible right now? My, my wife and my mother-in-law are cheaters. And uh, so I want you to notice what it says right here, Jeremiah 17 and verse number 9. Let me read it together out loud. Say, what is going on? Teenagers, if you can understand this, you can, you can get to the point to where you can serve God with confidence. Not pride, not arrogance, not I'm better than anybody else. Nobody's better than anybody else. But you'll know I can do this for the Lord. What's Jeremiah 17, 9 say? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can how can it be desperately wicked because remember you were shapen in iniquity out of our hearts proceed all these filthy things you've just not yet been exposed to them but once you're exposed to them your heart is so desperate that it sees it and it's deceiving do you know there was a law in the old testament in deuteronomy chapter 21 don't turn there but it said when thou goest to war against thine enemy and the lord thy god hath delivered them into thy hand and thou hast taken them captain and see him among the captains a beautiful woman and hast a desire unto her that thou wouldst have her to be thy wife have her to wife listen to what it says then thou shalt bring her home to thy house 
and she shall shave her head and pare her nails. He said, if you find a good-looking woman out there while you're defeating the enemy, you say, I want that woman for my wife. You want her because she looks good. Put that heart to the test and bring that woman home. Shave her head. Cut her nails. Watch her. Look at that thing with that odd-shaped head. And then ask yourself, do I love her? You see, God knew what he was doing. Your heart, my heart. Listen, everybody, everybody has this problem. Our heart is desperately wicked. It's deceitful. And inside Bob Gray's heart is this desperately wicked, deceitful part of Bob Gray that is constantly plotting and planning for wickedness in this world. The world rolls it out. My heart wants to say, I I, I want some of that, and and, and I want some of that, and I want some of that. Y'all straighten up your halo because you're just as bad as I am, and I'm the only one honest enough to admit it right now. All of us live this way. Now, can I ask you a question? With this going on on the inside, how in God's dear name do we preach? How can any of us stand up and sing? That's why the choir sing in a minor tone. That, that's why the average church group gets up and, and they just tim, timid their way through. And then you hear somebody like a brother Allen sing, and you're like, where does that come from? You hear somebody like a Miss Kelly sing, and you're like, where does she get that from? Because there's a secret in the Bible. We are not confident because we're good. We are not confident because we cornered the market on this thing. We are confident because our God reigns supreme Your heart, teenager, you're growing up. You're seeing things your mom and dad don't even know you've seen. You, 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 you have, they, they give you a phone. And, 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 and I, I'm not really against the phone. I'm, I'm, a, I'm against an unfettered phone. Man, y'all be locking that thing down. It's, it's hard for me at 54 to think you need a phone when you don't have a job. And there's that old school part of me that goes, good night in the 80s, we didn't have phones and we made it home just safe. Why do you get the luxury? But I'm going to tell you that the world has rolled out junk, listen to this, not to match our culture, but to match the depravity of the heart in you and all it's doing is throwing the bait out and running that puppy across the top of that water and all of a sudden mom turns her back for 30 seconds and you suck it down but here's the problem you don't like yourself after you do that so can I just illustrate what your heart does your heart Sammy I'm going to use you You're the only one I know I can pick on that won't be mad at me after it's done. Stand right over there. Your heart is is deceitful 
and desperate. So what it says is, come, come on, come on, come on, come on. You can listen to this. Come on, you want to be like everybody else. Come on, come on, come on, come on. There you go. You know that girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just do whatever you need to do to get along with her. I'm telling you, kissing her is the... I'm not going to kiss you. Kissing her... <laughs> Kissing is the best thing ever. Young people, listen to this. Kissing is the best thing ever. And it's so sad I got to qualify this. Men, kissing a woman is the best thing ever. Inside marriage. Ma'am, carrying him across the threshold is the best thing ever. But you know what it is? The heart. What's the book say? Go back to 1 John chapter 3. I think I have you over in Jeremiah. 1 John chapter 3. Where do we start losing this confidence? We start losing this confidence when we listen to our heart and, and, we're, and, and the heart says, come on, listen to that music. There you go. Come on, come on, there you go. Watch that. that there you go. You know you love that video game so much, but you know level four has that girl that's not dressed right, but, but it's okay. Come on, come on, come on, come on. There you go. And, and let me tell you something. There is pleasure in sin. And this is hard to understand. If sin is so wicked, then how come I'm enjoying it? You want to know why you're enjoying it? Because your heart is so desperate. And your heart is like longing and all of a sudden, you see it, and you're like, that, 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 and you. And your heart is just deceitful, deceiving, and then it's a trap. Because once it deceives you, what's the verse say? And if our heart, you, are about as worthless, and you're supposed to be a preacher's kid, and you're supposed to be a deacon's kid, and you're supposed to be a Bible college student, and you're, like, like you're a senior like, like, you're supposed to be the good kids. If these people knew what you were doing, and I promise you that all of a sudden, all the confidence is gone. Not because you don't love the Lord. Not because you don't want to serve him. But because somewhere along the line, when you grew up, your heart wanted that, and you gave in to that. And now you think to yourself, how could I have ever, how could I have ever let him kiss me? How could I have ever let her hold my hand? How, how could I have ever seen that? Well, how did I get in that position? Now you got in that position because you're human. You're human. And do you know what happens in our churches? That because 
people, teenagers are like, I don't even know what to do with this. I, I don't even know what to do. And so they just do the cycle all over again. All over again, the heart deceives them, the heart deceives them, the heart deceives them, and then the heart flips on them, and then the heart condemns them, and the heart condemns them, and the heart condemns them, and then the heart deceives them, and the heart deceives them, and the heart, and then the heart turns, and the heart condemns them, and then the heart deceives them, the heart deceives them, and then the heart turns on them, and then the heart condemns them. And some of you are on a roller coaster, you go up and you go down, you go up and you go down, and you go up and you go down. How do you fix this roller coaster? Teenagers, don't leave here stuck in a proverbial cycle of yielding and guilt and repentance. And it's like, I want to sing in that singing room. I want to be part of the church's joy. But I've got no way out. Listen, if our heart condemn us, I believe this. I believe there are God-called preacher boys in this room that you gave and you surrendered when you were little, but you, but you grew up, and now you think God can't use me because if everybody knew exactly what was going on, where's the assurance Where is the confidence that we are loved by God? If our heart condemn us. And young people, I'm going to ask you a question. How many times have you tried to do something spiritual? How many times have you said, I'm going to go to the singing group? I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then you get up there. And it's like, I can't do this. Do you know how many adults are sitting before me right now that they're nodding their head up and down because their confidence to serve the Lord is not there because they don't want to be a hypocrite? Young people, nobody wants to be a hypocrite. Nobody wants to be a hypocrite. I've asked a teenage group to come. I'll let you have a seat. Teenage girls, come on. The, the, The... the teenage world youth groups run in six-year cycles. And being involved with youth work for 35 years, every cycle of teenagers need this truth. Because young people, listen to me. If there is a secret to getting back up and serving the Lord and don't give up. Y'all got mics? Are the mics over yonder? There's four. That's okay. There you go. Bring them down. But I'm going to let this group represent the Christian life. You'll go home from here and you'll say, I think we can do it. I, I, I think we can do it. I think we can serve the Lord. I think we can get this thing and you'll give up and you'll get things right. And you'll be like what Brother Rob said tonight. I'm going to take that plumb line and I'm, and I, and I'm going to get this thing done. But the thing you've got going against you is the fact that you still have a heart that is desperately wicked. It's deceitful and you will give in to that thing more times than you want to. And then you're like, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it done. Let me pause and just say this. It's getting hard to have church members to get committed and to be faithful to the service of God. 
It is hard. But I have come to this conclusion. The reason it's hard is not because they're not willing and they don't love the Lord. It's because they're battling on the inside and going, I know me. And you want me to do what? I I know me. You, You want me to teach who? I can't even get my own life together. When do we break the cycle of letting the heart deceive us? When do we break the cycle to where we don't let the heart drag us? And y'all just go ahead and start singing. So, Your heart it's not an is like question, but a struggle we must face. Oh, you're, you're up there just acting like you're a good girl. Just a good girl. Oh, but I was there. I think you're forgetting. I think you're forgetting. Really, really, you're really going to sing about I choose God. Really? You didn't choose him the other night. You, you, you didn't. You really are going to do this? You didn't. You, girl, you didn't choose him the other night. And you know, you know you're the biggest hypocrite ever. Let me. Choose, really? Seriously? Come on. Your daddy runs the vine tree, but you know who you are. Really? Seriously? What kind of hypocrite sings this? Really? Yeah, right. You didn't choose them. Oh, and if you sing this next phrase, I'm going to nail Really? Think about it. Think about it, Kristen. Uh, yeah, like two seconds ago. And do you know all of a sudden, people want, they want, but then that heart's going. The words you're singing are not even the words you're living up to. Can I ask you a question? Then how in God's dear name does a man preach a perfect book? Young people, look at me and listen to me. You have the same problem I have. I'm a human. And my heart is depraved. And my heart is desperately wicked. And I don't like myself at times. And I'm like, God, I wish I was more for you. And God, I don't think I can preach this. And God, I don't think I can do this. And I'm so going to have to have your help. Would you look at the verse in 1 John 3? Here is the secret. For if our heart condemn us, girls, come on back up. For if our heart condemn us, what is the next phrase? God is greater than our heart. And would you look at the last phrase? And knoweth all things. Your heart truly is counting on this one fact. That you and God don't have an all-thing relationship. 
And the devil lost your soul, and now the devil's just waiting to come back as an accuser of the brethren and to take what you know. But I'm telling you right now, God is greater than our heart. We don't need perfect teenagers. We just need honest teenagers. We don't need teenagers. Somebody asked me the other day, I was preaching in North Carolina where these guys are from, and somebody said the other day, don't you wish you could trade your teenagers for these? And I looked around, and I said, these are phenomenal teenagers. But no. Because the teenagers, guys, in youth group are no different than teenagers in our youth group. But you know when a group just thrives is when a group says, he already knows. (laughs) Man, when I was a preacher's kid, my daddy was pastoring. They'd, I'm going to go tell your dad. Mm -mm, Because you ain't got a key to the office. And I would run in there and say, dad, dad, dad. Deacon Soso's is going to come down this hallway, and he's going to tell you that I did such and such and such and such. He said, did you? I said, of course I did, but you need to hear it from me. Because if he tells you, you're going to whoop the fire out of me. And you know what? That deacon come walking in there. Brother Gray. Bobby. And my father looked at him and said, yeah. He's already told me. And the deacon went, oh. And I remember standing with my chest bowed out, 12 years old, standing next to my dad. That deacon walked out that door. He said, don't get too cocky, son. We're going to talk when we get home. (laughs) Okay. If our heart condemn us who is greater God because he knoweth what all things I I think you heard brother Rob say it in the Alabama phonetical context naked he said naked and also, we're going to make a rap of, I ain't the preacher man. I ain't that one. I <laughs> I'm just a preacher man to the preacher man. Come. Hey, dude, yo. <laughs> I promise you, I'm going back and pulling that gif, and, uh, and we're going to Photoshop an Alabama bandana with sunglasses, and yo, babe. And uh, so I'm getting Miss Lisa up here. Go get him, baby. <laughs> and... Uh, Can can I ask you something right now? Do you really think God was sleeping when you gave into your heart? Do you really think God wasn't anywhere around? God's standing there looking at you. Because there's something wonderful. You singers and you preachers, And you people that teach Sunday school, teaching the children's ministry, how many would agree there's a zone? How many would agree there's a zone you're in that you lose all inhibitions 
And that's why the Bible says, and be not drunk with wine where's an excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. When you're drunk with wine, you lose all your inhibitions. And when you're filled with the Spirit of God, and that's why, young people, you don't have to live in condemnation from things you've already confessed and things you've already made right. And don't let the guilt of past failures that have already been forgiven stop you from loving the Lord and serving the Lord. And do not think that you can't serve the Lord with what you've done. You can serve the Lord. Because I don't think that you wake up and, and mean to give in to your heart. Your heart's deceitful. Your heart's wicked. But boy, there's something about serving the Lord with assurance. Just is. I'm going to let you represent their heart. Got it? Stand up. Come on, Joseph. I just want you to go back there and sit down. When they start singing, try to get to them. <laughs> that look on his face right now is like, is this a trick? <laughs> Their daddies are in the room, so if you break through me, you just, mm, mm. They know kung fu, karate, and a bunch of other words, and I promise you. Hey, let me tell you something. If you simply will keep a clear slate between you and the Savior, and if you every day will get to that plumb line and get in the book and get on your knees and say, God, I'm a dirty, rotten, filthy sinner. And God, my heart is full of such depraved things that God, this world is so wicked that if my heart gets an opportunity, it's going to go there. But God, I just want to have a clear between me and you. And God, I want you to know that I know that you know all things. He can have his rap. I can have mine. God, I want you to know that I know that you know that you can have, okay, and uh, there are times that I am preaching the word of God and my heart goes, you know you're a hypocrite. Yeah. Do you know what I have to say? I know. But I got one bigger than that. He knows. And him and I both have already talked about it. When they start singing, you just try to get to them. There's a choice that comes to each of us as we travel life's pathway. Y'all keep singing. It's not an easy question. time you're serving the Lord, when there is a clarity between you and the Lord, y'all go on to serve the Lord, and you just let God know, God, I need your help. God, I need you to keep my heart in vain. Your God is greater than your heart. 
died for. He's already shed his blood for. He knew what you would be before you would ever do it. And he still said, I love them. Oh, I love them. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That means Christ looked down at your life and what you would do. And he says, I want them. I want them. I want them. If the only thing stopping us from living for the Lord is that we don't realize you're human like everybody else is human. But if your heart condemns you, God is greater. I'll hold off your heart till you get done. Serve me. Sing about me. People singing and preaching are not perfect people. They're forgiven people. People loving the Lord and serving are not people who do all the right all the time. They're just forgiven people. I how else do you explain a man from a broken home and a man from a non-broken home only one thing God that's it but what we've done we have pulled back we have held back the spirit of God because we truly think we have no right Y'all, I'm done with the sermon. Can I beg you tonight? Don't let your past failures make you feel like you're unworthy. Keep playing. I'm going to let you girls have a seat. Oh, would you listen? We put too much stock on being perfect. We, we, We put too much preeminence on are we worthy the answer is no we're not worthy oh but he is he is his love for us is huge can I ask you a question are you holding back turn God loose let God go the day you trusted him Acts chapter 15 said that was good enough for him and he gave you the witness of his spirit. He's not waiting on one more thing for you to do to prove to him that you believed him. He's not waiting for you to become. He's not waiting for you to mature. He's not waiting for you to grow up. You know what he's waiting on? Step out on my forgiveness. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.